This is a HeadGum Original. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Forever. That's what he said. You don't know what he did to me. You don't know. He was so charming. So slick. Forever. That's what he said. Do you know the last thing a woman wants to hear about her man is that he's cheating on her? Every time a black woman gets mad, she's a stereotype. Sick and tired of hearing that. You still messing around with her? I'm Diana, Robert's fiance. Maybe he did mean what he said. Maybe the deceit isn't what you think. Oh no, I don't think so. For your prayer. I would save my prayers for the wedding day. This is the sixth episode of the third season of Newcomers. I'm Nicole Byer. I'm Lauren Lapkus. We're already six episodes in. I, I, I think we have to go 20. I think we have oh, to go we 20. we might have to. I don't think this, we can do yeah. just 10. This is going to be over so fast and we're having so much fun. And I'm having a blast. Yeah, no. We are, we are working our way through Tyler Perry's body of work. This is the best season we've had obviously <laughs> yes for us for us this is the best season for the people who like to listen to us be tortured by star wars or i can't even remember what's the lord of the rings oh yeah <laughs> but but it does feel like people are enjoying us having fun so i'm enjoying it too and this is our first time watching all of tyler perry's works we are having guests on who are tyler perry scholars and super fans and sometimes people who've even contributed to his work. And uh, yeah, we might not get to everything, but I, I think we might have to expand. I mean, I think we might have to go a little longer. I fully agree. And to like full disclosure, I have seen Acrimony, but I did not watch it with an eye. Like I yeah. had one eye on my phone, one eye watching it. So I only caught like a couple wild things, but oh baby, what a this treat this was. This movie is Ooh, so intense. Today. We, we, oh. oh, we experienced Tyler Perry's psychological thriller, Acrimony. And it, it like, it was made, or no, it was released in 2018. It feels like it's years older. It definitely does. I would have guessed like 2014. Yeah. <laughs> but it honestly does feel like it's that much older. 
It's like funny weird. that you said 2014, but like I get it. Like you know it might mean? be like, a four-year like, difference, not, but I get it. <laughs> it's not that much different, but it's enough that I feel that it's from 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to watch Acrimony before listening, it's available on DVD, so you can go buy that at your local Barnes and Noble, um, <laughs> or you can rent it on Google Play, Apple TV, Amazon, YouTube, Voodoo. Obviously, we're going to spoil it. We're going to walk through the entire plot of the film. You know, there you- was someone driving to their local Barnes and Noble, and as soon as you said that, they were like, oh. I guess I could have ordered it online. I guess I am dumb. (laughs) Or I could have streamed it. Dang. (laughs) Well, we are so excited for our guest today. It's a return guest, someone who was on our LOTRCs. Um, Michelle Collins, everyone. Michelle is a comedian and the host of the Michelle Collins Show on SiriusXM and the podcast Midnight Snack, which I love so much. Welcome, Michelle. How are you? Hi, I'm honestly, I'm so thrilled to be back, ladies. And thank you for this redemption episode for me after the cartoon (laughs) you made me watch last season. I do feel like, I'll be honest, I feel like you owed me a Tyler Perry movie after what you made me watch last time. Just saying it. Hi. I think you're right. I totally forgot that we had made you watch (laughs) that like children's cartoon from 1978 or something that was fully The Hobbit. And it uh, sucked. But, (laughs) you know, I feel like I'm getting getting really loose with my like saying that the other things sucked. And I think it's because I feel so free now. Yeah. And I, mm. I feel like before I was having like Stockholm, Stockholm syndrome, where I was like, this is actually good. Like by the, <laughs> well, cause really- it was fun to talk <laughs> about it, but like I would, we would finish episodes and I'd be like, I guess it wasn't that bad, but then I would go back and think about it and be like, no, that was hellish. That was like a sad <laughs> three hours for me. I'll never get it back. I hate Lord of the Rings. I hate it more than anything. I've never cared about hobbits and fairies and, and things that go, I don't know them. The big things, the Groogs. I don't, that's not what they're called. <laughs> the orcs. Things, yes, the, the orcs. orcs. <laughs> the orcs have fueled 90% of my um, COVID fantasies. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I love the orcs. Oh, oh my I God. Think, I think Nicole and I both almost wanted to have sex with an orc after watching that stuff, but it's because we yeah. were so desperate for anything horny to happen. Yes, nothing horny. This was a pretty horny movie. This yeah, movie this, was very horny. When movie, those orcs were born from the mud people. All I'm saying is I think of them just getting birthed from the mud and I want to be like squatting over them. <laughs> That's what's happening. I don't want to talk about it. I love the orcs. I love it. Uruk Hai, I believe is what they're really called. Anyway, well, we're not on. here to talk about that. I'm shook. They're like dirty and ashy. I don't like them. We literally okay. cannot spend any more time talking about orcs. We have to talk about acrimony. Michelle, have you seen... Tyler Perry's movies. Are you familiar with his stuff? Like how, how in deep are you? How deep in are you? I should say. So I'm going to say something that is going to be a brag straight away. I <laughs> don't know a lot of Tyler Perry stuff. I'm a fan of the man. I always like to see him in an interview. I think he's always funny. He's just, I enjoy watching Tyler Perry as a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually went to the acrimony premiere, which is the wow. real, I, I don't like to like talk like that, even though you both know that's a lie. Love to talk about <laughs> premieres, but I was just excited to be at a Tyler Perry premiere and I have to tell you that sitting in a theater and watching this movie, it delivered on so many levels. I just remember laughing so much, probably at the wrong times. We can talk all about it, but I went with my friend Greg Bennett from the Housewives of New Jersey. If you remember um, uh, the Manzo friend, Greg, we had the best time. So I really, I don't know Perry stuff that well, though. I will be Mm -hmm. honest. Medea here and there. Yeah. The experience in the theater I, because we were talking about this earlier, that like being in a theater watching a Tyler Perry movie must be like an experience. So like, <sighs> what was it like? What was the vibe? Well, it was funny because we also knew he was there. So, you know, <gasps> you don't want to laugh oh, too yeah. loud. Mm. You can't be like a full blown like Borat theater goer, you know, because you know that the guy, you have to imagine that he gets it though, because he's so smart that mm-hmm. he has to know when something is just going to play for comedy because it's so crazy. He has to know that he's doing it. I, I I refuse to believe he thinks it's serious. I can't. Yeah. I mean, this movie is fully dramatic. I yeah. mean, especially compared to the other ones we've seen so far that had some moments of humor, like intentional humor. I don't feel like this one has like anything that's intended to be lighthearted. There's like moment. There's like just every single scene is so dramatic and intense mm-hmm. and 
And it's long. It was a full long. two hours. I did not a lot enough time for it. That's why I was running a little late. I was like, okay, <laughs> two hours. It's going to be an hour and a half. Easy breezy. I'll stop for a snack. And then I looked at it and I was like, wait a minute. No, Tyler did me dirty. This is two hours. Yeah, it's a long one. And and it's also interesting that this one was from 2018 because it feels like it feels like his older, like it feels like it would be an older work of his. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if maybe he wrote it before or something, but it's so high drama, but he yes. does, you know what he does? He repeats like a lot of the same things I'm noticing. Like mm-hmm. there was like, even when that girl introduces the guy as, oh, that's her boyfriend. Well, ex-boyfriend, but she's still in love with him. It's like, no one would do that, but that has happened in more than one Tyler Perry movie <laughs> where someone is introduced as their current, because that was the one we watched last time, which I can't already can't think of what it was called. Oh, Medea's, uh, Medea's Holiday Palooza. Christmas, yes. yes. And <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that, by the way, with Larry the Cable Guy. Yes, yes. It was hilarious to us. He was very funny. Yeah, I have I have seen that movie. It was very funny. Very lifetimey though. In that movie mm-hmm. though, the girl's like, oh, that's her, or the woman, the mom, or whatever is like, that's her boyfriend. And it's like, well, she's married to this guy. That's not mm-hmm. her boyfriend. But it's just like a tactic that is being used. And I think he thinks it's really mean or something. I'm um, sure he has like a magic eight ball that he just flips over <laughs> and it's like axe. You know, he just has, or like, like methods of killing or lines mm-hmm. like ex-boyfriend. He, I feel like he must have a book that is like, uh, looks like a Beethoven's, uh, you know, fifth <laughs> symphony, the original manuscript of just like idioms, you know, because yes. he puts so many lines, like people are always like, well, the devil knows what you think and he's watching you at every moment. Like he complains <laughs> about the devil. The devil's always doing some shit in a Tyler Perry movie. He's always involved. You know, he's very, there are, there are some good lines and I'm just going to say it. He gets great talent in his movie. So mm-hmm. as Holy. bad as the movie is, the acting is like, honestly, and I say it about every, I think it's better than Nomadland. I'll say it. I felt like the acting, I'm sorry, Francis, if you're out there. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know. I liked it better. I'm just going to say it. Go on. But no, but the acting really is solid. I mean, like we have talked about this, that he gets like the best actors Mm -hmm. and Taraji P. Henson. I mean, amazing. This she's not in the first hour, which I was kind of, no, which is shocked by. And she also like probably says four words on screen, but then like reads a full audio book over the movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a Tyler Perry thing where I, I guess it's a device he uses because it's, easier than showing so yeah. it's just somebody who just talks for most of the movie and you're like oh okay so there's just narration all the time even when like the first moment when she's telling her therapist about her past and she's like she starts i thought it was interesting where she, she's like well tell me what how this began and she's like it was raining and i was like who mm-hmm. t- who starts a story from 20 <laughs> years ago with it was raining i always <laughs> talk about the weather I always talk about the weather. I'd be like, oh, boiling hot. That's how I start every story. I was boiling. <laughs> what What was the temperature? But it doesn't come back and play later. No, like she says, that's true. It was raining and the rain makes me crazy. And then she bumps into him. And then like an hour later, she's like, now you know why I hate the rain. He was probably fucking her in the shower. But moves I taught him. And I was like, wait, so shower and rain are the same? And she said... Water, I bad things happen when I'm around water or something, and then it ne- nothing ever happens again with water. Wait, the end. the end. So that oh, was like a real, oh fuck! Oh, the end. Such a oh, because that vague foreshadowing for it's the literally end. Literally two hours later, I feel like the whole time I was going like, "When's one gonna happen with water?" And then I didn't even think about it when the actual drowning is happening. But that's not. Even, but also, she's telling the story. Wait, what? I'm confused. You guys are actually on such a much more intellectual plane than whatever one I exist on because everything you're saying, you're blowing my mind. I'm like, I literally watched so much Tyler Perry. I mean, not even that much. We've like, we've truly just like dipped our little pinky toe in, but like we've analyzed these movies. So now we watch them like, 
hardcore, I did not look at my phone, watch these movies. Well, and like with the movies you that really we did. You really are blowing last, my shit up right now. Yeah, literally the last 40 episodes that we've done of this podcast before this, we have been not, like, we've been so confused about everything that's happening and like we need people to explain it to us. So we feel amazing when we come into this mm-hmm. and we're like, she said there would be a water feature. And then we're like, oh, and there was. We'd be like, Billy. and we finally got a payoff two hours later. And I didn't even, I didn't even get it <laughs> until I said it to you. And you're like, uh, there is a big thing with water, <laughs> but wait, how did we got, I can't, I got to get into all this. I think we need to jump into our yeah. news media segment, news media, mm-hmm. Michelle, if you don't understand. Okay. Tyler Perry set up a vaccination site for his crew. Okay. Wow. After getting his vaccine on TV in January in an effort to instill trust in it. I wonder where that took place. Tyler Perry is now helping his production crew get the shot over the weekend. He set up a vaccination site at Tyler Perry studios. This guy's amazing with the help of a nearby hospital. He also covered the logical, the logical costs, logistical. The vaccines were open to anyone at the studio who wanted one and hadn't received one yet, including his entire crew, along with their family and friends. Wow. The shots were not mandatory, but 250 Pfizer doses were administered. For much of the pandemic, the studio has been in a bubble to protect against a spread. And with the vaccines rolling out, the precaution ended Saturday, April 10th. However, strict protocol, COVID protocol will still be in place for future productions. I mean, that's... Amazing. He's great. Godly. Godly. He's a god. I mean, I every that. studio should be doing that if you're going to yes. force people to come in and be working in close contact with each other. Well, I like, I think that like shows with teens or like people in their early 20s should like quarantine them. You can't, I, me in my early 20s, and if I had money and I was on TV, I'd be like, fuck you. I'm not listening. I'm not staying at home. Totally. And I don't know. I just. Yeah, I feel like studios could afford to do this. This is really incredible. And for the family and friends, too. He's he to me is someone who really has understood what to do with his billions. You know, there are so many wealthy people who just don't um, do shit with their money that matters. You know, they just kind of keep it and that's it. And Mm -hmm. Tyler has genuinely, in my opinion, achieved godlike status, not only because he's so generous and I do believe he's incredibly uh, just a philanthropic, generous man, but he gets it. Like he gives back, you know? And, and that mm-hmm. to me is, can I say one Tyler Perry thing quickly that I did? I forgot about until Nicole, I just saw your zoom name. And then I remembered something. Yeah. It is a celebrity name drop. So please don't get mad at me. Okay. No, but- we want that to happen. <laughs> So, you know, I'm friends with Whoopi Goldberg, who I just adore, like a godmother, love oh her. God. And I was at Whoopi's house in New Jersey. This was Wait, that's had so to be a year. Cool. That is very fucking cool. Yeah. It was, well, you're both invited anytime. Like, <laughs> she's you. the best. I'm on a plane. <laughs> Bye-bye. We were like, it's- great. See you there. <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. I And, you know, I love, love Whoopi. But she had this, like, box on the kitchen island. And I was just like, what? Like, a big, beautiful thing. And she was like, open that. You have to see that. And I opened it. And there was, like, this velvet bag and this hard, like, big thing inside. And I take this big box out. And it was an invitation to the studio um, opening for Tyler Perry Studios, which you know, that was a huge, massive whoopee, of course, went, I believe with her daughter, but it was a star studded, I mean, incredibly lavish opening. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And this invitation, which I'm air quoting only because it was like an iPad, you opened it up (laughs) and it was a video of Tyler Perry on a little screen going, Hey, whoopee. Uh, would love to see you. It was just like him talking to her That's on this so little futuristic. Wow. It was like it. the briefcase from Pulp Fiction. It just felt like otherworldly to me. And I was like, I cannot believe I'm touching Tyler Perry's invitation to Whoopi. Like, <laughs> I'm a, I'm like sweeping streets. I'm cleaning chimneys. Like I'm an idiot, you know? <laughs> so it's really unfair that I got to see something so nice, but I just thought I'd share that with you. Cause it was very special. And I, I love that. Me- memory I think was I saw Whoopi and, um, was it Tiffany Haddish on a talk show talking about going to the studio and that when you drive in, like there was a huge screen that had like Whoopi's picture on it or something. Wow. And then I, th- I hope I'm not mixing up this, uh, who was talking about this. And then Tiffany said when she drove in, there was no such image for her. And so she was like, <laughs> I love her. <gasps> there was no such image. <laughs> 
I want to say something, but I, I hope I'm not wrong. I believe Whoopi has a stage named after her. I'm, I'm 99% sure I'm actually going to Google it. That's a goal of mine. I want a stage named <gasps> after me at Tyler Perry Studios. Hear me now. Good if Lord. Nicole, I'm putting it out into the universe. We have already Nicole's said gonna if happen. Nicole is not in a Tyler Perry movie by 2022, I'm going <laughs> to freak gonna out. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> but honestly, Wait, it's going to happen, by the way. For I sure. want it. I want to play yes. young Medea in the Showtime drama. <laughs> That's what I really want. That's all I want. Um, I don't know how to make it happen. Uh, uh, I've mentioned it to my manager. <laughs> like, I'm dead ass about it. I love this. They need to do a Showtime has to do a version of Succession with Tyler Perry and Medea. You know what I mean? Like they're super a serious <laughs> family. Well, Please, you, can I work on that? Well, I don't know if you know, Michelle, they're literally making <laughs> yes. a Medea show about her mm-hmm. 20s where she no. it's a dramatic show. Mm-hmm. And it's about Medea being in her 20s and all the crazy hijinks she gets into. Uh-huh. And so we're like, and have they we, cast we're debating. Medea? Well, we don't know who's going to be Medea. It's like, is it going to be Tyler Perry and Young Face? Is it going to be Nicole being Medea? I mean, is it going to be a man <laughs> dressed as a woman who's who 20? Knows? It's like it could go any way. I just got to say, people, you can't see what I just saw. But when you said, is it going to be Nicole? Nicole lit up like a Christmas tree <laughs> with your face. <laughs> you truly smiled ear to ear. If they don't give this girl the part, well, gosh darn it. I'm going to march to LA. I'm demanding it happen for you. Who else could they give it to? I don't Dream know. Job. That's the thing. Come it's on. like, maybe I'll go to like somebody who's actually in their twenties. I don't know. I read young, just, you know, uh, paint me a little younger. Look, I don't know. No, I, I think you it. could definitely play the role of someone in their twenties. Oh my Thank God. You. Of course. Oh my Wait, God. paint but me back young. to Tyler Perry giving everyone a vaccine. Like, imagine if Jeff Bezos did any of that for the people at Amazon Studios who work for Amazon, who work the in the Amazon, Amazon warehouse. warehouse. Like, he could afford to do that. That would be nice. He's bad. He's, He's horrible. horrible. I mean, the idea that you would have that kind of money and not be willing to share it in that way is so insane to me that I don't even know how to process it. It's like, what are you doing all day yeah don't know such an ass well should we take a break uh yes let's take a break and we'll jump right into acrimony if you're wondering what a nord vpn is i'll tell you VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, a service that protects your internet connection and online privacy. A VPN creates an encrypted tunnel for your data, protect your online identity by hiding your IP address, and allow you to use public Wi-Fi hotspots safely. I'm using a Nord VPN myself. And honestly, it's very easy to use. You connect with one click to enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. It has amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there, and it supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Linux, even Android TV. You can switch your virtual location to access apps and websites in other countries. Get an exclusive NordVPN deal here at nordvpn.com slash newcomers. N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash newcomers. It's risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Link is in the episode description. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. So Acrimony was written by Tyler Perry, directed by Tyler Perry. It was released March 30th, 2018. And uh, should we get into the synopsis? We have to. Okay. Yes, this please. movie is bananas. Okay, ba- so bananas. Melinda Moore, who is played by Taraji P. Henson, supports her husband Robert, an engineer trying to sell an innovative battery design. By the way, this whole but like this what battery for what? It is not explained enough what he is making and what it does. And I consider it's a self-charging battery. But it's sorry, like, it's, a, it's I'm sorry, it's a self-charging <laughs> oh, so battery. I got it from head to toe. <laughs> what if I just I'm gonna defend this movie to the death? It is built inside a speaker from 1976, <laughs> and it's a self-charging battery that the technology of which is worth obviously a lot. Can I say what it's called, or is that too big of a joke? I almost want you guys to no, say the name say, of it. Well, say, say it, it. I don't know if we're gonna have it in this synopsis. The battery is called Gale Force Wins. <laughs> <laughs> and his last name is Gale. Uh-huh. And, and his last he, name is okay, Gale. So he's, uh, he's like a cookie sorry. inventor, you know, but, yeah. but he seems unreliable. And there's this feeling that like she doesn't trust that it's going to pay off. So mm-hmm. but she, even though she keeps doing things. So after a series of events leaves them in debt, their marriage starts to deteriorate. The film is divided into categories based on the emotional spectrum that Melinda experiences as so, follows. The so, first one is acrimony, which lasts for about an hour and a half into the movie to the point yeah. where you forget that the movie is broken up into different <laughs> things. This is just like in Medea Christmas when suddenly there were jingle bell wipes going across the screen every five minutes when for the first hour there were no such things. So yeah. this is literally like it's it, they put a word up with a definition that mm-hmm. does not happen again for so long for so that long. you fully are like, wait, what? Why are what? they telling me this other word now? I, I, I was so confused by that. So Melinda bumps into engineering student Robert during college, goes into a rage. <laughs> okay. And yeah, assaults like, him <laughs> physically and verbally. Shit made no sense. So she literally all, bumps into him in the rain. In the rain. Books and papers fall on the ground and she starts beating the shit out of beating him. Beating him for no reason. And it's never explained. No. So later that day, he is unwell and goes to her dorm. Like, who goes to the dorm of the woman who hits him? So anyway, he returns the papers that got shuffled around. He offers to help her with a report, and they become close. On the day of her mother's funeral, Robert comforts Melinda, and they have sex. And there is a voiceover where Taraji's like, he, my mom, oh wait, what was it? My mom, fresh in the ground, not even cold yet or something. And he starts in knowing that I'm vulnerable or something. And I was like, oh dear. And she's like, and he took this, my virginity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this funeral scene for me, I had to rewind it to say, was that her mom's funeral? Yeah. She's like, where are you headed? He goes, I'm going to go home. She goes, I'll give you a ride. Like, like literally like on Seinfeld, I'll drive you. <laughs> Don't be silly. Wait. <laughs> like it's her mother's funeral. And she yeah. drives him back to that trailer, which be- plays a major part, major mm-hmm. laugh in the theater, by the way. Ugh. Um, it just, to me, I'm like, this makes no sense that you would be so into him after kicking the shit out of him that on the day that your mama died, you're like, please get in my Jeep. I'll give you a ride. Didn't love it. No. And then they go back to his RV and that's where they have sex. Right. And he teaches mm-hmm. her about Nina Simone, who she's never heard, never of, heard of one time in her life. Doesn't want to hear the record. And then he's like, he goes, it's gotta- sad. Yeah, he puts it on. She goes, it's sad. I'm like, not how I would describe it. She heard one sentence. It was like, uh-huh. okay, it's sure it's sad. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then she's like, no, it's fine. And then, yeah, he takes her virginity. Like her mom's dead. Sorry. Yeah. What? I mean, you really don't hear anything about her mother dying. She has no sadness about it. It's just like a thing that happened to her. Yes. Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah. Robert and Melinda start seeing each other. And then she doesn't hear from him. This is one day, but it's two days. She doesn't hear from him. And then Melinda decides to call and Robert picks up and she's like, why haven't I heard from you? And he's like, I thought you were busy and I'm a little busy. My hands are tied. I got to go. 
So she goes to his RV to investigate, <laughs> and after an hour of waiting outside, she starts to leave, but hears moaning and sees a woman's hand on the window. She goes into a rage, and this is nuts. Nuts. She goes into a rage and rams the RV with her car, seriously injuring herself in the process. She knocks this RV oh. over on its side. And then and you hear the people going, and they have to climb out of the RV. She hits it twice. First she hit it. And I was like, I've seen the movie twice. And I was like, I forget. Does she go back? Reverses and hits it again. Knocks it off the cinder blocks and then picks up a cinder block that it was mm-hmm. resting on to smash the window. She, yes. And she looks, by the way, the girl is like maybe 110 pounds. Gorgeous, by the way. <laughs> yeah. The, both the young ones. I was like, my heart and eyes were singing. I was so happy for them <laughs> to see what happened. Awful. No, she goes, so she goes crazy throwing the, the cinder block at the car. She confronts Robert about cheating on her with the woman, Diana. Then while she's like screaming at him, she passes out mm-hmm. and he's grabbing her like, ah, and she's rushed to the hospital and has to have an emergency hysterectomy, rendering her unable to bear children. And that the is- voiceover, the voiceover is like, I didn't realize how hard I had slammed into the steering wheel. I, uh, what it was like something that ca- that happened that caused the hysterectomy. And I can't remember yeah, what I don't the know, actual she, injury she was, like, was. She's like, I had so much adrenaline. I didn't know how hard I'd hit that thing. And it's like, you drove into an RV that twice and knocked it over. I mean, I'm confused about how that affected your ovaries specifically, but yeah. it was, it was just a true. It's a very Tyler Perry moment to be like, she's 21 and now she has to have mm-hmm. a hysterectomy. And it's like, Jesus, Why man. is he like that? Why is he like that? I feel like he, when he was writing that part was like howling with laughter. Don't you think? I love him. But don't you think he was like, I know hysterectomy. Like, huh? you know, he just reveled in removing her ovaries. You could totally. feel it. It was yeah, so yeah. dramatic. And the way it happens is so, in, it's like, oh, why did you have a hysterectomy? Oh, because I drove my Jeep Wrangler into a trailer twice, knocked yeah. it over, and I guess my stomach slammed into the steering wheel. I don't even know how that happens. I don't either. And she only had a nosebleed, so it was kind of a lot. Yeah, so yeah. Melinda and Robert <laughs> reconcile, which honestly, all parties should have been like, this isn't good for either of us. No. But they get married despite the objections of her sister, June and Brenda. Brenda warns Melinda not to tell Robert about the amount of money that their mother left her. So years later, Melinda supports them both. Robert's unable to find work after he robbed a grocery store. They, I feel like that was glossed over. June it was and- very glossed over. She was like, get a job. And he's like, I can't. I once robbed a grocery store and I have a felony. Nobody wants to hire a felony. Better make another battery. And then she was like, a felony? <laughs> now this will never work out, okay? <laughs> Meanwhile, she's literally so traumatic as a person. But <laughs> June and Brenda are wary of Robert's intentions with Melinda's inheritance. Robert talks Melinda. This I hated this part. Mm-hmm. Robert talks Melinda into mortgaging their house, which ha- she's like, my mom saved up to pay off that house her whole life. And then I mortgaged it for him so he could and build a battery. They ran through $1 million, $1,203. And I was like, Tyler Perry just wrote one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he wants the money to build a battery prototype, which he hopes to sell to Prescott, a venture capitalist. And Diana, now working as, as an assistant to Prescott, this is the woman that he had cheated on Melinda mm-hmm. with arranges mm-hmm. for Robert to have a meeting with him. But this is after he's written letters and sent videos to this person, which I was like, Crazy is that videos. how you get jobs? And no. it's so it, it's weird because I feel like the year is so hard to tell on this movie because mm-hmm. there are points like when he's building the battery, I'm like, it's 1960. And then mm-hmm. like other times I'm like, it's 2018. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just like, <laughs> I, it has a weird energy in that way. Those videos were straight up what like the daily mail would put on their website (laughs) when he blew up the building. You know what I mean? Like they had an energy of domestic terrorism. Uh They just felt crazy. I was like, this is not if, and she was like giggling at them. This woman was just like something about that guy. I don't know. And he really genuinely was unhinged. Very unhinged. And then they put a restraining order on him and then they had a file on him. And I was like, do Companies don't have files on people. Like everything was just so confusing. Yeah. No, it, it's so he, Melinda finds Diane. Oh yeah. You read this part. Yeah. After finding Diana's wallet in Robert's truck, which is a scene we don't see June and Brenda tell Melinda and Rob, uh, tell Melinda that Robert is cheating on her. 
Melinda's family runs a catering business. I didn't even realize it was catering. Runs a mm-hmm. catering business. They offered Robert a job. They warn him that they'll lose their truck contract if they miss a delivery, which is like, what? Uh, As Robert is en route to his delivery, he gets a call from Diana saying Prescott wants to reconsider his deal. Robert abandons his delivery. Prescott offers Robert $800,000 for the design, but Robert wants to license the technology to them instead and declines the offer. After finding out about Prescott and Diana, Melinda files for divorce and moves in with Brenda. Robert moves into a homeless shelter, but Diana finds out and insists that he live with her. So it's, so this is such a crazy part because yes. she's like, look at this wallet I found. It's so out of context. We have no explanation mm-hmm. of where the wallet came from. And then he goes to do his like pitch meeting or whatever. But he had just gotten, again, the shit beat out of him by Melinda and mm-hmm. his his suits all askew. And he shows up at the office and, and Diana's like, oh, yeah, this is going to work. They're going to think you're so crazy looking like this. You're always late. Everyone's so mean, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. he comes in. Yes. He's clearly had a problem. And she's like. <laughs> you look crazy. You look awful. Now you're going to try to talk about this battery or whatever. And then like, <laughs> you know, he turns down $800,000. There's a lot of huge numbers in this movie, like huge yes. amounts of money. We should also add at this point that now Taraji and this actor, Lyric Bent, love his name, by the way, mm-hmm. have now, now it's like adult version of them. It went from basically the girl who looked like a young Rihanna, right? The actress yes. uh, and the guy who's also good are now adult. And it just made me laugh just seeing how much they aged. Because how much time passed? Was it 45 18, years? Between? 18 years. I mean, all right. <laughs> but it is I got it. A lot of time. But they're married the it whole time. It looked like a lot of time. Mm-hmm. They married are just and miserable. They didn't have sex. Yeah. He was sleeping in a different room. He didn't even say hello. Imagine living with your husband. The man doesn't say good morning to you. <laughs> I would be so That would upset. not work. And then he goes to a it's homeless really shelter to live there. It's like, it's so, it's so dramatic. It, it it's really is just very dramatic. I'm like, he doesn't have any family. He doesn't he know stay one with. friend, but I just don't understand this catering business. So they're like, we have these trucks. If we make all of these deliveries, they're going to give us extra money, but we have to be on time. If we're not on time and we miss this delivery, they're going to take our trucks and not pay us. Yeah, because they're like, they're like, we will get an advance. And if we like basically like we're about to go under because we lost. Now we know about this mortgage being lost or whatever or being re-gotten. And now they're like, you will give you three weeks in advance. But if you miss one, you're fucked. And then like they watch his car on like a GPS computer. (laughs) that is like so weird they're watching the truck like drive and they're like yeah and i was like why did he have to do it if he's the fuck up you two aren't doing anything you make the delivery they're sitting there just watching the dot move and then they're going he's going to melinda's or whatever like they can tell because he just like turned around i was like this is or diana's or whatever it was very much a control room in like a action movie Mm -hmm. he's going to melinda's we have to go babe i love you (laughs) goodbye it was very so strange well, all the pr- the prop work in this film, I would say, is poor. You know, they whoever was responsible for, like, I feel like they got the guy from Sandra Bullock's The Net, and they were like, "Look, <laughs> bring the technology from the net into acrimony. We need it." You know, twenty five years later, the battery looked like shit. Everything looked bad. Like even, I mean, just the it battery. All very no one watching this movie was thinking that battery was a good invention. Like, I still I, don't understand. It self charges no for what a car. A home, and, and it's worth apparently so much money, as we later find out, a oh, hundred million dollars or something. Yeah, and that check, I was like, I literally paused it and rewound and was like zooming in, like, what amount is it? That's so much. <laughs> okay, the next section is sunder. The definition uh, is not here, oh, so sunder. I don't know. It. But Prescott reconsiders and offers Robert a multi-million dollar deal while allowing him to keep the intellectual property of the battery technology, which he accepts. Robert visits Melinda at work and she refuses to reconcile. He gives her like flowers and whatever. And then mm-hmm. Robert accepts Melinda's decision, but insists she accept a $10 million apology gift. And he also gives her keys to her mother's home, which he has bought back. So he gives her time and she's mad. Yes. By the way, and this scene, I'm I sorry, like, Nicole. Go. I, well, I feel like Tyler Perry set this up in a way where it seems like it's Taraji's fault, but I'm like, Taraji put up with so much. This scene needed to go. He walks in and he's like, hey, before you say anything, I now have a hundred million dollars. My battery sold. I put you through a lot of shit. Would you like to get back together? Just put all that out. Yeah. There. Yeah. And I also think if no matter what anyone said, if they just handed me a check for 10 million, I'd be happy. 
<laughs> when he, okay, I'm sorry. I have seen this movie before. And when he handed her the check, I think my instinct was, oh, he's going to fuck her. Like while you're watching the film, I think this is for me, the twist mm-hmm. that I thought he was going to fuck her over so badly with the money. He's going to become so successful and she's going to be poor and kill him. What ends up really happening is he, it's like the man is always the hero in a Tyler Perry movie. Yeah. He came in, he was like, you were, you beat me in the rain as a child. Now you're horrible to me, even though you like supported me. Here's a check. And when I saw that he wrote her a $10 million check, first of all, I guffawed because that is hilarious. Yeah. Second of all, I was like, what? She won the lottery and bought the house too. I'm like, she this is a mesh from heaven set for life. Kiss blow him a kiss. Yeah. Live your life. It's crazy. I mean, y'all didn't have sex for like the 20 years you were living together. <laughs> so how can you all it. of a sudden expect him now? And she, Oh, sorry. We forgot to mention one thing. She's dating the hottest man I've ever laid eyes yes. on that bald guy. I was like, and then she's like, and you got a little dick. Like at one point she gets so mad oh at God, him and I'm like, what did he do? He's hot as shit. Shut the fuck up. She comes into her family's house. Yeah, and I mean, I think, we, I don't know if this him. is even here. So yeah, she comes into her family's house. <laughs> Oh no! So this is the bewail section. Oh yeah, sorry, it's so a bewail. I, sorry, I just no, got no, very no. Upset. It's great. I got upset. It's we okay. need the details. Okay, thank you. After showing her sisters the money and berating them for their influence, Melinda visits Robert in his new penthouse apartment and attempts to seduce him and rekindle their relationship. Diana enters and introduces herself as Robert's fiance. Okay, so yeah, she goes to her to see her sisters. She throws the ten million dollar check and the keys on the table, and she's like. Mm-hmm pissed about it and they're yes. like well we and should them. go cash this let's call the bank and they're, and she's like it's good i already called them and like she already like proved it was real or whatever and she's like well we should get we should deposit this before he changes his mind she's like nope like she's so it's so unhinged the like yes. the the sisters that everyone's going like wow he really did it he's a great guy and then the, <laughs> like, they're all like playing cards or something and then the guy that she's dating she's like you need to get out of here and your dick is too little for your body or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, it was so, so rude. Mean. And he didn't really have a response. He was just like, yeah, sorry about it, guys. My dick is too tiny for her. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. When I saw that, I was like, he's admitting that his dick is really small. He like didn't even like that. Poor he didn't even look at them. He just was kind of like, mm. yeah. that poor <laughs> actor, by the way, had no lines in that movie. <laughs> was called a little dick and now get is a sag after rules probably gets four cents per viewing. He probably got 12 cents because of the three of us. That poor guy, that hot as shit, bald. I don't know that man, but no, he was, gore- so he was right. better looking than the husband. I was mm-hmm. like, what are we arguing about here? She has 10 million bucks is hot bald. You can do something with that. You can work with what he has. You know, anyway, truly I was fuming. And then after she leaves, one of her brother-in-laws is like, I knew he'd make money. That dude's smart. I, was I like, know. <laughs> I was like, okay. so you all support, you all liked him the whole time or whatever. And then, so yeah, she goes over to the penthouse and it's like stunning, amazing mm-hmm. apartment. And she starts like taking off her clothes and she has like this crazy lingerie on. And she's like, we're back together now, basically. And then Diana comes out and she's like, I'm his fiance. And it's just, but it's crazy. like how much time passed between him getting the money him buying this penthouse that's fully furnished, him getting this like brand new car, him getting engaged. Everything happens so quickly. He uses the money so fast. Yes. He makes it all happen. And it's like decorated. Diana's my hero. I think Diana's the hero of the film. She, (laughs) she smelled an opportunity and she just absolutely, that's my dream. I want to be like Diana. I want to find a guy with an idiot invention, make him rich, force him to marry me. And, um, you know, I won't ruin the ending, but she really figured her shit out. And she I just really say, wins. I'm proud of her. She really does. Yeah. So the next mm. section is called deranged and it's angry and hurt. <laughs> Melinda becomes obsessed with Robert and Diana. She sues them, which we see some of at the beginning. You see like this court case and it's mm-hmm. so weird. She sues them claiming that the deal with Prescott happened before their divorce, but the case is dismissed and Robert and Diana file a countersuit against Melinda and obtain restraining orders. Melinda retaliates by visiting the bridal shop and destroying Diana's wedding gown with hydrochloric acid. She's caught and sentenced to court mandated counseling where she tells her therapist that Robert took advantage of her. Her therapist suggests that she may have borderline personality disorder. After Melinda finds out Diana is pregnant, her family and friends are forced to prevent her from leaving the house and ruining their wedding. Oh, this is another Tyler Perry moment. So they're in court and then like, she's like, talking about the wedding dress being rude in it. And Diana's like, 
I wouldn't have fit in it anyway. Little mm-hmm. ones growing really fast every day. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> they drop pregnancy news in these movies like so yep. hard. It's so intense. Not only that, do you want to get killed? I mean, they already know that this <laughs> woman has like the Zodiac killer letters being written about Diana. Why would you then throw it at this point? You won. You have the penthouse. Mm-hmm. You got the man. You got the baby. You literally are the winner. Why make this crazy woman any angrier? Shut the fuck up. I know, up. being so <laughs> smug about it and being like rubbing it yeah. in. Yeah. And, and that is a, that's the part that really gets glossed over where they, the sisters go to uh, the house, uh, the mm-hmm. mother's house that Melinda's now living in that was bought back. It's like basically there's no furniture in it, but she has a table full of like Diana's pictures with uh-huh. X's crossing out her eyes and stuff. Like she's going to kill her. Then there's the scene where this man is walking a dog, looks in her window, shakes his head. You get inside the house. She's covered the lamp in this red <laughs> scarf and she's dancing like modern dance. And she's like throwing her coat over her head. I'm like, what? is this it really is one of these movies where you don't know who you're supposed to side with because she's the lead she's the narrator Mm -hmm. but then they're like you have borderline personality disorder she's like no i don't and then everything she does is bizarre (laughs) but like there's no like grounding that scene with the red light with her like just in a full twyla tharp uh, I don't even know how to explain what the hell that was. I was howling with laughter. That shit. Taraji must've gotten a big old check. Don't you think to like yes. just agree to do And yes. She's a genius. Like I absolutely love her to agree to do that. And all that shit. Does she know that it's funny? She has to. I don't know. I it's think so. so. But she like committed so much to it. Like she commits yeah. to this character fully that I'm like, okay, but the there, one thing that I wait, can't Nicole, get on board with is she smokes a lot and there's no ashtrays. Oh, that's funny. That's I just glanced at the trivia and there's something in that. I just have to say it right now. What? The movie was <laughs> shot in eight days. No. <laughs> How? The Hanukkah of Tyler Perry movies. Oh my that's God. That's, it's a miracle. It's a Hanukkah days. miracle. That's so insane. That's right. good for eight days. I mean, yeah. a whole, you could, I, I have friends who have shot short films in more time yeah. than, than Sorry, eight, days. eight days. It's a masterpiece. Like eight. let's call it what it is. It's an eight day masterpiece. Yes. You, I would like to give us the budget. Let's see the kind of movie we can make in eight days. Uh, I mean, a pile of shit. I'm, okay. I'm so blown please. away. I'm okay. Well, let's also, read the last section because uh, there's gotta be, I mean, this is just nuts. So that's, uh, it's inexorable. Uh, Robert and Diana leave on their honeymoon cruise. Uh, Melinda sneaks onto the boat, which is her boat, shoots Robert and makes the crew <laughs> jump overboard. <laughs> yeah, they have that- their own boat now. It's called the Ga- Mrs. Gale. Yes. Uh, and also mm-hmm. that made me laugh so hard. The crew just just being like, goodbye. I know. Uh, she's, Melinda- like, she's like, jump, jump. And then they all go, woo. And they're like jumping and they're in they're underwater just swimming. Uh-huh. Like, really, like uh, it's so crazy. <laughs> Melinda attempts to shoot Diana, but Robert tells Diana to take the the dinghy and rescue the crew. Then he overpowers Melinda and throws her into the water. But Melinda returns and attempts to kill Robert with an axe. And she's so she comes back with an axe. She's like dragging it. Robert's limping. And then she hits him and he yells. But I don't think she actually makes contact with him. His leg goes up. His foot comes down. Because I guess there's a lever for an anchor on a boat. Had no clue. No. And they really filmed this carefully. So you could see her step into the loop of the anchor chain. Mm -hmm. So when the anchor goes into the ocean, it pulls her down. I don't think I've laughed harder than that. Uh, And then Diana returns with the crew. Yeah. She's screaming underwater. Like, she's, like, still mad. Uh Like, she's literally (laughs) being drowned and killed. And she's like... It's so oh, funny. I wish you could see Lauren's face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's it's, so mad. It's so intense. And, and then, so wait, does, doesn't Robert die? I mean, like he's, he's basically he, he definitely sh- shot and killed. Oh, I, he's laying there bleeding out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sad. But then I'm like, when did the therapy set like sessions happen? Because she's dead. So it happened before. So this is all in real time. So like the first <laughs> half of the movie, before you get to the boat, is her telling the therapist about what happened. And then when the therapist goes, you have a borderline personality disorder. And she's like, fuck you. I'm done. 
It's right. real time. She's now <laughs> left Now therapy. she's like, I'm going to go die. Yeah, I'm going to go kill somebody. Which is, I think I, this movie's taught me about script structure. Like I'm, I'm like, you know, he put some thought. I have so much respect. I'm like, he put some real thought into it. There was a lead up and then there was mm-hmm. a real time. That's clever. Yeah. I'm I a mean, fan. Sorry. I will say, I think they spent too long with their younger self. I agree. I agree. Yes, because you don't much. like the fact that they're married for 17 years and we see none of that. Mm-hmm. I would like to know what has been going on because it feels like all of the bad stuff kind of happened, meaning the mortgage and whatever happens when they're young and then she's mad about it. And it's like, I don't know Like we don't get enough about, about what life is like while they're married. That makes her go. And like, how is he even, if she was like this the whole time, then how is he even handling it? Like she's obviously yeah. been like that since she was in college. Where mm-hmm. she's yeah, but men really, love women like that. Don't they? Yeah. They I mean, love borderline like, personality <laughs> disorder. Don't they? I feel like usually this kind of like, um, violent relationship is balanced out by like a hot sex life in a mm-hmm. movie at least. Yes. And they don't have that. So you also never see him exercise and the guy has a killer body. What's that about? I mean, he's so fit and where I, like I didn't a see kid. a Peloton. <laughs> he, he's like a perfect guy ultimately because he's like really smart. He mm-hmm. focuses yeah. on an idea for many years until it makes him extremely wealthy. He's ripped and he's like, he just cares about her, even though she treats mm-hmm. him horribly. I just don't understand why there wasn't a conversation. That's like, Hey babe, I fully believe in your battery, but you have to go work at a grocery store part-time or you have to go do something part-time. I think there was, and he just didn't want to. The thing is he was, this is where the movie makes no sense because the first half I'm like, I hate this guy. Mm -hmm. So he's got the borderline personality disorder. That's what I said to the nobody who lives with me. (laughs) Um, Because he's sitting there just wrapped and ensconced in wires, you know, and for a battery that shouldn't take 20 years to figure out. Yeah. Batteries are like a double-ended source. I mean, it's, I don't know shit about them, <laughs> you sound but I smart. can't imagine it's that complicated. <laughs> Thanks. That's nice. It's a, you got your a, AC, DC. Come on. It's not that hard. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't make sense that all of a sudden he went from being a true like doc from back to the future. And now mm-hmm. he's wearing tuxedos and is like hot and chill and giving her checks. I, I didn't connect that for me. I I agree. I I mean, I'm just astounded by how quickly this was made that I can't even wrap my head around that, that eight days, eight days. Honestly, I take every note back. No notes. Eight days. It's a perfect movie for eight (laughs) days. And it got an award. Taraji P. Henson was nominated for best actress at the BET awards or got nominated at least. And as we always see with Tyler Perry movies, critically, the film was mm-hmm. not well received. It currently has a 17% fresh rating of Rotten Tomatoes. And a critic from Rolling Stone wrote, Taraji will rise again. She always does. But enduring a full 120 minutes of this shitstorm takes a toll. I disagree. <laughs> I don't think it was that bad it. of a movie to call it a shitstorm. I have got to say, the critics are so hard on Tyler Perry films even though they make a ton of money. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe critics should like take a step back and be like, what are my biases? Like what? Yes. Not to make it a race thing, mm. but I'm like, if it's white critics watching this movie made for a black audience yeah. and they don't like it, it might be because they don't identify with it. So I agree. Oh, audiences also did not like this film. So to, oh, you, okay. just, you know, really uh, counteract what I just said. They gave it a 45 <laughs> well, What audiences on- saw it? What audience is like all white audiences? I'm like, well, they're fools. They're absolute idiots. No. Well, I got oh, a 45% on audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Its budget was 20 million and it grossed 46.4 million at the box office. So I mean, and he always does at least double his yeah. money, I feel like. Um don't you so, want to yeah. be friends with him? I want yes. I really want, I think we could do it, guys. I, I I don't mean to infiltrate your incredible podcast, but I think the three of us can be friends with him. I, feel I like think it's gonna I think it's leading to that, which is also why we have to do more episodes just to gain traction and get mm-hmm. his attention. Um, but uh, so a little bit of trivia here. Um, oh. Agiona uh, Alexis also played the younger version of Taraji B. Henson's character Cookie on Empire. Oh. oh, so that's nice. And then Taraji B. Henson, she had to wear colored contacts to match her light gray eyes. I noticed that. I was wondering why wouldn't they give 
darker context to the so, younger person just yes. because it's but i mean they did look cool on her well when you have eight days you don't have the time to really work things out yeah maybe that pre-prep was, was, was probably two days yeah like taraji was coming in later so like it's easier for her to just wear the contacts we'll just <laughs> slap them in <laughs> but honestly like good on her for learning all those lines so quickly yes when you think of everything she did in eight days, I mean, and she probably worked four days then because the yeah. young part was like such a huge part of it. And the film was originally titled She's Living My Life, which I actually like a lot more. But I don't Ooh, much because better. you don't get that until the last 20 minutes of the movie. That's true. But acrimony is a word that doesn't mean anything to me, even though they showed the definition. But <laughs> I feel like what would you what would have been a better name for the movie? I'm trying to think. Um, Water makes me crazy. That rabid, <laughs> rabid would have been a good name. Yeah, rabid, rabid, because like water yeah. makes r- rabid people nuts. They're afraid of water. Okay, oh, I like rabid. There's a water connection there. Wait, what does right. acrimony mean again? I know, I forgot. I don't even know. It sounds like acrid to me, like burnt, uh, bitterness or ill fi- feeling. Mm. Eh, it's a good name for it. Yeah, I mean, it's good. I'm chock full of it. I didn't even know until that second. <laughs> I'm I'm knee deep in acrimony <laughs> daily. <laughs> Go on. Tika Sumter was originally cast as Diana Wells, but later left the project and Crystal Stewart took the role. I wonder why she left. Oh God. I can I'm honestly just it, the I'm eight days of it that all it is, took eight days i don't know that i've ever done any any job that like a tv episode typically would take longer than that like i just am <laughs> yeah, that's so 30 minutes amazed by this and i mean when you think about it it's like it does it does make sense of like a lot of the things that are lacking like even when you're like oh they didn't show how she got the wallet or they don't show this like they just kind of i mean having narration over it probably saved them like 20 days of mm-hmm. work but mm-hmm. like some, so it's like you you lose some stuff by going that fast. And I just wonder, why is it so fast? Why are you rushing so much? He does budget, everything so think? fast. Huh? Limited budget. I feel like yeah. it's just money. Like, let's crank it out. We know the audiences will be there. He knows that he has like a rabid fan base. Mm-hmm. Rabid again. So whatever. Put whatever on the screen and they'll show up. Yeah. I wonder if he shot it so fast to pay Taraji what she was worth. I was just thinking um, that. And then to like, oh, I don't know. Eight days is a wild well, amount so of time. He had, it's a $20 million budget. And then like if you're paying people a million dollars here and there or whatever, you know, ends up being, of course, not everyone's going to get that, but Taraji might get that. Mm-hmm. Then like that's a big chunk of the budget right there. Plus all the stunts. I mean, you think about the boat, yep. just the ending scene must have cost a lot of money and been really hard to film. But sound stage. That's a word I know from my days in LA. Not easy. <laughs> you got to fill a sound stage up with water. That's for those non cinema people who are listening. <laughs> and I mean, and he has his own stages. So then I'm like, do you save money by having oh, that? Like, I guess probably sir, but... he probably makes money. Yeah. On having stages because then he. But he's his own production company. Eh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I want him to redo Titanic. I just had a fantasy of Tyler Perry's Titanic where it's the, <laughs> it's like he has to do the stunts. He has to recast all the people like it's not the same movie like Leo. But I wonder what his version of that boat sinking would be. I just feel like it would be very entertaining. It'd be Medea be- being like, I don't know why we got to be down here. I don't want to be. I want to be up there with the people. Are. <laughs> They call me steerage. Medea's Where did he get iceberg? One point two million, three trillion, million, million, million people have already drowned. <laughs> Tyler Perry loves numbers. There's so many numbers in his movies. And this, movie, oh my god, the, I'm the numbers in this movie really did make me pause. I kept thinking, wait, they're getting a hundred million. He's giving her ten million. Even when he got an offer for eight hundred thousand and turned it down, I was like, the, he was the, just in a homeless shelter. This is all <laughs> really wild. I've watched enough Shark Tank to respect that. I was like, all right, I've seen Shark Tank. He sees it's a bad investment. (laughs) He's not going to have the control. Yeah, I I do love Shark Tank. That's so much money for him to retain all of the control as well. I was like, how much money is this? What is this battery for? And then why does he get killed right when he's about to have his dream come true? I know. Because I don't know. I don't know. You know why? The devil is present. Well, the devil I mean, comes up a lot in this film. Oh, and there times. was no Jesus in this film. Usually there's like Jesus in Tyler Perry's yeah. films. 
there wasn't a really a religious storyline. It didn't feel yeah, like he brought it. There was a line. She had a line about the devil that I wish I would have written down. I must wonder because I started taking notes. She said, uh, get out. You know, I can be the devil. Something. Oh, she said, she said, the devil sure knows how to put a package together. Oh. That's what she was talking about. And when they first met him and I was like, oh, I love that. Like that, <laughs> yeah. I really felt deep. I was like, he sure does, Taraj. That's what I said. It just felt yeah. like her character has basically no redeemable qualities. Mm-hmm. But we are supposed, but I was on her side for a lot of it. Like I was confused. Maybe I'm supposed to be confused. Like I'm like, yeah. oh, she's being really, uh, you know, evil. Like she just like starts like hitting him for no reason and then mm-hmm. like drive her car and this thing. But then it's like, is he, cause they, he did seem like he was the bad guy at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, also, I mean, if I was with someone for like 18 years, made something, made a hundred million dollars, 10 million is what? 10% of what I made. Yeah. I'd give at least 30. Well, I mean, when they go to court at the end and she's like, saying she should have half because the deal was made while they were still together. And then the judge is like, no, the deal was not made while you were still together. And she's like, oh, well, like but <laughs> trying to get half, I feel like is really bitchy at that point, because like you did not you didn't really believe in it. You were mm-hmm. there, but you kept telling him to stop mm-hmm. and she had chances. Yeah. And and then ultimately, oh. yeah, he offered to go get back, you know, get back together. And then she was like, no, but I will take you to court. It's like, just be with him. I don't know if you really mm-hmm. just want the money that bad, but yeah, I think everybody in this movie was a bad person except for her sisters who wore those awful shorts for their catering. The company. shorts, <laughs> the, the shorts, part where, the part where the, Melinda's the like shorts, the <laughs> belted Cavarici. That's how, you know, the shit was eight days. Wardrobe was like, we cannot find any other khaki shorts. He's like, all right, we got to go to, we got to go to set. You got to wear the shorts. They were like these, you know, there was like an argument about it. They're like, all right. I thought they were moving people. I literally thought they were moving paperwork, like people's files. What caterer shows up in a long Steve Irwin short and a belt? I'm asking you, have you ever seen caterers look like Bindi Irwin? I haven't. Well, in the part where like, Melinda's beating um, Robert on the lawn mm-hmm. and then the sisters pull up and start attacking both of them, like to make it stop, like they start, she just, she's running up in her uniform and she just starts hitting Robert with the purse that like what that Taraji dropped, like just hitting him with, I'm like, I, they don't even know the context. And then he has to run off and go mm-hmm. do his pitch to sell his thing for a hundred million dollars. And it was just like, <laughs> he doesn't have time all to like days. tuck his shirt back in. I just of all it. days. I love it too much. It's It's a great movie. I will not hear any negative acrimony talk. I really enjoyed it a second time. I don't ever want to have to watch it again. But I I will say that I liked it. I did. I really I'm telling you in the theater, I walked out with Greg and I think I thought it was going to be so bad that the fact that I was entertained, maybe not in the way intended, but like laughed and whatever. I Mm -hmm. thought, what more can you ask for? I've seen boring. I'll be honest. I would watch people are going to hate this. I would watch acrimony any day over a Marvel film that I swear up and down. That I mean that. I don't care about Marvel. Yeah. You get it. Yeah, no, no. I mean, we I agree. I mean, I've only seen two Marvel movies, but I agree. But you know what I mean? It's like it's just more fun. This yeah. has been dubbed the real MCU, mm-hmm. uh, the Medea Cinematic Universe. And so oh, instead of Marvel, we're going with that. <laughs> I mean, you know, we might end up doing Marvel next season. So I don't know what to think, but what, I want to stay I'll in the gladly joy. guest star. I'll gladly <laughs> guest star, but I'll be furious about we'll it. We'll need you But back. I'll watch something. We will need you back. Oh, my God. Well, Michelle, we've come to the end of our show, sadly, because we would love to talk to you forever. I know. We work quickly over here. Yeah. Thank you for doing it, Michelle. Shut in eight days. Editing (laughs) down. Eight days of podcasting. Thank you for having me. Honestly, Eight days. I'm amazed. Is there anything you would like to plug? Obviously, people should listen to your show on Sirius. That's so kind. Yes, I'm on every morning on Sirius uh, Channel 109 from 7 to 10 a.m. I have my podcast, Midnight Snack. Both Lauren and Nicole have been guests. Mm-hmm. So um, listen, we had a next week we have Shea Coulee from Drag Race is going to be on. Very excited about that. Awesome. And um, yeah, follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Mishcall, M-A-C-H-C-O-L-L. Just, you know, DM me, whatever you want. That's it. I did hear <laughs> on your podcast that you're really looking forward to getting back out into the scene. Um, <laughs> I know <laughs> that the vaccine is out there. 
Yes, I'm, what kind I'm ready. Of scene? The dating scene? <laughs> the dating scene. Well, I've, I'm sort of ish back on the scene a little bit, but I'll be honest, oh. I'm like so over New York. I know you're going to edit this whole thing out. It's fine. I'm just we're so not. over New York. Yeah, we're not. That, well, leave it in. Leave it in. People, check out my profile. Um, Yeah, I just, I'm over New York. So I Are was you actually I was in Miami. I don't know where I'm going, guys. I really don't. I, I just, I was in Miami where my family is for two months, um, did not plan on staying that long. And it was so nice that I'm like, why the fuck would I go back to New York when I have like the ocean there? You know, I have friends there. I really had a nice time. Um, COVID safe. No one come for me, but yeah, just New York (laughs) is like so dusty feeling now. I'm just like, Oh, I don't know. I've been here 20 years. So it's not like I just moved here and I'm like, I'm over it. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. just need something. Sublet your apartment and go somewhere. I know. I want to Nicole. You want to come to London with me? For the summer. Ooh. Oh London? my God. That would be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let me come with. Okay. Great. So you Nicole and I are going to be in London. Great. Oh my God. I'm excited for you. Have you spent time there ever, Nicole? <laughs> I've never been. Not one time. <gasps> oh, you really have to. Nicole, I'm not kidding. Wait, actually. Is it to me. dreary? I know we don't know each other though. No. Not dreary. Okay. <laughs> I'll go to my grave. Look how I just interrupted you. Especially not dreary. In the summer. Especially in the summer. It's 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 uh it rains from time to time but okay. it's so beautiful there the winter is a little bit hard i would say i had to be there yeah. for a few months in the winter and i was alone and it got dark so early and it was kind of freezing and sad but see that's yeah, what i'm that's true. scared of i don't want to do that no but well, in the summer, the summer it's really it's pretty so nice okay everybody's literally so dumb and slutty there it's like everyone gets <laughs> drunk all day people are barefoot in sleeping in sewers like everyone's out of their heads <laughs> They're so funny. They would love you. I mean, I'm not even just saying the reason why I go there is because they appreciate a funny woman. They love funny women. It's not like in this country where we're like pariahs. We go there. No offense to anyone on this podcast. I'm just speaking for myself. (laughs) But like I go to London and I'm telling you the the switch flips 180 degrees. It is wild. You would have the best time. We'll talk about it. I really mean that. Okay. I want to go. I want one of those... uh, those men drunk in a dumpster to love me. Yes. I, there's literally, tr- take it from me from experience, nothing easier to make happen. <laughs> Just please believe me when I say it's going to happen. I really, okay. I'm, look at my face. Look how shiny I am. This is, I'm telling you, I'm hot thinking about it. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about it. Let's take it off the pod and we'll, we'll, okay. You. It's going to be fun. I love this. That's all. Thank you guys. Oh my God. Thank me. you Love so you much. Well, we have our five hallelujahs segment, of course. <laughs> as I throw, I'm, I'm getting more and more casual with how I say it's it. It's my favorite thing when you say hallelujahs. <laughs> this one comes from Bazooka Sharks for Life. Um, I fell. Love, love this podcast. Nicole and Lauren make me laugh so much and I love their takes on these franchises. Was trying to do pull-ups at the gym while listening and accidentally let go due to laughter. Fell right on the ground. Still a five-star podcast. <laughs> I love that. And this one comes from Plum Trevor. I've been on this earth 41 years and I've never seen a Tyler Perry movie until I listened. I've been listening to newcomers for a while, but usually I would watch the movies before listening to the podcast until they hit the Tyler Perry season. But listening to Lauren and Nicole's wild takes on Tyler Perry's The Family That Prays finally broke me to watch a Tyler Perry film. And I'm here to say, do it. Whatever magic in a bottle Perry has, it's crazy. It's bonkers. And I'm glad to be along for the ride. So please, thank you for those great reviews. You guys should write a review and we will read more next time. And we'll be back next week with another one of Tyler Perry's works. So I can't wait. (laughs) And we'll see you then. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Bye. Thank you. was a HeadGum original.